Good evening and welcome back to another episode of the Para Podcast. You might notice that the voice of the host has changed this week. That's because our glorious leader Hamish has literally sailed off into the sunset, fellas. So he's put me in charge uh, of the show as we get through the final uh, final week of Parramatta football, pending some results in the Jersey Flake potentially. Uh, but joining me today uh, to talk about that are my good mates Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Ham. Uh, I want to pull you up already on that 140. Uh, I do believe we have an NRLW season still to we, run. We have course. we have plenty of NRLW games left, but they haven't got much of a hope of making the finals. Sorry, that was the context no. in which I was I was talking about in a finals context there, sorry. Um, but yes, NRLW still with uh, another, what, three games to run after this week? Uh, so, yeah, I think so. So still plenty of football to be played on that front. And despite being without a win this season, honestly, the Parramatta Reels, uh, I think their stocks are increasing, boys, in the NRLW. They're showing a bit of fight, which you love to see. But let's jump into the weekend's results, the rounds that were, starting with the NRL, where the Parramatta Reels, uh, I mean, they existed. They took on the Sydney Roosters uh, and lost 34-12 to out at Combank Stadium, our farewell home game in 2023. And, yeah, I mean, we didn't play great football, boys. Bryce Cartwright and Quinton Gufferson scoring for the ball and gold. Guffo tacking on those two conversions. For the Roosters, Teddy started the scoring, ended up bagging a double. Uh, ditto for Swali'i, who also bagged the brace. Uh, Sua Wong and Nat Butcher also adding on in the try-scorer stakes. Uh, Swali'i having a pretty good day off the tee, five from six. Uh, Roosters ahead in pretty much all the stats here. Uh, slightly ahead in possession. It wasn't like they dominated that, uh, but they were the better attacking team. They were the better defending team. The uh, was just at sixes and sevens in this game, quite literally with no Mitchell Moses to, <clears throat> to help him compete. Um, I'm not going to dive too much further into the numbers, boys. What were your takeaways here? I mean, again, like the Broncos game, probably about a 15, 20-minute period where we looked somewhat competitive. And then the moment we copped a, a rough call or uh, you know had a bit of adversity, we just went to pieces. Yeah. Oh, you can go ham. I'm, yeah. oh. I'm just trying to stay calm because, oh, yeah. I, look... As you said, it was that 15, 20-minute period to start the game. You'd have to say the game changed when Will Will dropped the ball over the line. Uh, He scores that. We go 10-0, possibly 12-0 up. Oh, no. It would have been, uh, yeah, 8 or 10-0 up. I think that probably changes the game a little bit there. But, yeah, it's just just disappointing because you think that, you know, the last home game front of the fans, they would have done, you know, put in a bit of fight, but just, as you said, they dropped their heads. And I said at the end of the last podcast, um, you know, I was hoping that the players would walk around and despite, despite. Yeah, that that is really bad. And despite what a, a season ticket holder near me got his response from membership, the players did not walk around. The players did not hand out foot, signed footies to players. Uh, they handed out signed footies to corporate box tickets. <laughs> um, I do not care that the Chad Robinson Trophy and the Jack Gibson Award or you know whatever way that was, was presented. Um, the players have nothing to do after the game as far as I'm concerned. It's 10 p.m. on a Friday night. Um, I, you know, the last thing you probably want to do is hang out with fans, you just want to get inside and into the sheds. But at the end of the day, the fans are 
why why you are yeah, where it, you are. It comes with the territory. And what is so frustrating is when you see teams like the St. George Illawarra Dragons and the Penrith Panthers come to Combank and do a better better job engaging their fans in games they lost this year. Yeah. And unfortunately... Well, even the Roosters, like, they went across to their fans. They had to go through the same medal and cup presentations as the Parramatta Eels did. And yet they were able to go across to their fans and, you know, I understand they're in a different headspace because they won. But like, Parramatta are a big club. We're a big club with a big fan base. I, I, I would say the th- third biggest fan base in the NRL, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it's just not good enough. Like, there were a couple of players. Uh, Hopgood always comes across. I saw Junior Bowler go across. Will usually comes across, but uh, was not across this time. Uh, Madison usually comes across. I can't remember if he did, but yeah, to me, I'm sorry, but it's just not good enough. I, I don't care that these things happen. You you do it for the fans. You don't do it to, for corporates. Fair enough there, Ham. Can't say I disagree. It's certainly been a bugbear for you for a long time, and it's also something that 60s, my mate from TCT, uh, has uh, harped on about at length as well. Uh, that sort of fan engagement, it's your bread and butter stuff. The, you know, obviously, like you said, the Eels are a massive club, like a top three club in the NRL, one of the most identifiable brands in Australian sports. But on top of that, you get 20,000 plus fans turning up every week. Like, you've got to show them some love. And it's not, and it's a, not hard. It's exactly, it's not, hard. it's not, you're not asking much. You're asking for five minutes, go there, give some high fives, some hugs, some selfies, sign some stuff, you know. And it takes uh, 10 minutes out of their evening, maybe 20. Yep, and you just made not just the day, but, you know, the week, the month for these fans. Yeah. Um, and and, in and some especially cases, like, for me, I don't care. I, I see, I've seen, I've been a fan now for nearly 30 years. I've been a season ticket holder for nearly just as long. It's the, it's the 10-year-old kids. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, you want them to be a fan for life. And that's that's how you become a fan for life is players coming across and making that, making those commitments. Bertie, I mean, it was almost expected. I think a lot of us were pretty, I think all of us uh, were, even if we did tip a Parramatta win in the podcast last week, there was that element of we're tipping a win, but, and that sort of played out, didn't it, This in this game. Uh, the Eels just continuing their descent from, well, I mean, frankly, it, I know there's been a lot of factors both in and out of our control but it feels like the season's really been downhill since the Dylan Brown suspension came down when we were flying high through the mid-course of the season. Was it a five-game win streak? Or we're pumping a few teams, and that might have masked a few of the cracks in the squad. But, you know, between that and the Micah and, and Red suspensions, you know, we've, we've just been flatlining, well, going into a flatline. And against the Roosters, it was just awful, wasn't it? I mean, to be honest, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but... <laughs> The fact is, um, when Maddo took those three-game suspension, and I get you got to stick up for your teammates, and yet they came out, and not one person said we're disappointed in in, in that, or like you know showed they they pretty much praising said nah it, you know we we support his decision. That showed me where their headsets are, or their their minds are at, where they don't give a shit really, and I, I hate swearing, but the fact is, and 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 you can add, look, any error they do, their heads drop. They've got, there's no spine. There's no backbone in this team, right? Because someone should have said what you did, uh, Madison. You chose you chose yourself over this team. But God's sake, Moses gave up the birth of his first child to get us to the premier, to get us to the grand final. And this guy's too busy worrying about his pay packet. The guy lives literally in Sydney, right? 
Then we have, like, it's, there's no backbone. They're, it just pisses me off. Who, and the perfect example to sum this up, whatever, the first set, we give away a penalty, we challenge. Instead of backing your defense and saying, you know what, we're going to defend this error. No, we have to go all in because if we don't win this challenge, we're going to concede and that's going to be game over. There is no backbone. There's no one in here that's stable. That, there's no stability on, on the field, like in terms of defense or anything. It's just, it's just so frustrating. Like, and I just, I knew as soon as we did the challenge, I knew their headsets, their head, their mindset was like out the window, you know? And then you look at the, like, you look at the Roosters, like they, they, they thrive off that. Like, you know, but when they're winning premierships, they, they gave away penalties. They gave away six against because they backed their defense. And um, you know, you just look at those tries on the like on the last week, like that try to um, Sua Wong. Like, what's Bailey doing? Like, you know, they they're rushing up. Like, I don't get it. Like, it just yeah. Well, no one. I don't think anyone on our edges just about can hold their heads up high defensively because Sean Russell had that two hand touch play on James Tedesco uh, off mm. the scrum. Sevo, uh, Simonson, uh, Russell. I mean, I'm just gonna check Will's stats here. I mean, Will, yeah, three missed tackles himself as well. So the entire back line had a pretty 52 terrible. missed tackles. And I, and I get, you know, that you can't have a squeaky clean defense. But 52 times they meant to go in for a tackle and, and the opposition has broken it. You look at that that try to Tedesco, the second try. Manu bumped off three of them in a, in a range of like two steps. Why has no one showed any brains to go, hang on. If the first guy that gets bumped off, that didn't work, why not I go low? Why can't they just defend as a team instead of being individuals? Because I feel as though this year, there's been a lot of individuals out there. We can go back to Dylan Brown. He said he came out and said, I'm going to go have a quiet one. Oh, hang on, sorry. The team said, let's have a quiet one on our first buy. What does he go and do? He goes out and gets on the piss. Go back to the Madison one. I'm just sick of this team. Too many individuals out there. And Junior Paula, I don't know what's wrong with him. He might have an individual decision or whatever, but he has gone backwards. This team did not play as a team this whole year. I have not seen one bit of teamwork at all. And that's what's so frustrating because whether it's the coach, whether it's the, you know, the, the head office, but surely someone had to get them all in the room and, put, and say, we are as a team, we've got to get through this together. Instead of, you know what? Nah, let's just swing it and we'll get some troops back. It just pisses me off this season. I but mean, hey, we got to buy the last week. So oh hey, yeah, hooray! Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, that uh, I'm not sure if it's disharmony, but they certainly weren't operating as a complete unit for the back quarter of a season. Uh, I I do feel they were actually in a pretty good rhythm mid-season, Birdie, before the Dylan Brown suspension. Uh, but again, that well, could, even after that, even after that, you know, yeah, the first the first few it weeks. It seems of it, like ever since that uh, Dolphins game, we went up, smashed them, had the buy. And then Gutho, Moses, and Campbell Gillard got picked for Origin for that Warriors game. Like, and and maybe to an extent that run of form, like I said, papered over cracks. Um, you know, there's no doubting that the Eels a lost troops in the off season. Although you know we did get guys like Hopgood coming in and Cartwright stepping up, uh, but our backline stocks are paper thin, and we saw that painfully throughout uh, various stretches of this season, right into this game against the Roosters. One thing that uh, does have me a little bit puzzled out of this game, boys, and this isn't an excuse for Parramatta, was that you mentioned it, Bertie, but that penalty against Reg, the rule book isn't published online, which is a real shame, so you can't actually you know, run the fine-tooth comb for this stuff. But he played that ball backwards while facing not straight. So I don't know what the rule actually specifies is the infringement there. Does the ball just need to be played backwards? Because he didn't actually play it sideways. He was just standing sideways, but played it the correct way backwards. So 
I, I think you just got, it's where you're facing it. It doesn't matter, like, you you got to be facing north-south. Like, I just... But there's yeah. an important distinguishment between playing the ball sideways and facing sideways. Mm. So... Yeah, I get, I get what you mean. As long as the ball goes backwards. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, how many times have we seen those, like... Oh, uh, God, so many times. Like, you know, for, you know, for Paramount playing the ball badly, for Paramount's opposition playing the ball badly, yet, uh, was it Klein? Klein decided yeah. to pull that one out of the uh, the old back pocket there. Um, but, yeah, there, there's not really much to talk about out of this game, honestly. It, the Paramount's decline continues. Um, uh, one thing, I've harped on about it all year, Mike Acevo, we need to... We need to find a buyer. I don't. I, don't, I personally, I don't care well, how much we, we pay. We chose to re-sign him this year, which makes it yeah. all more painful. Um, but you're right. Um, and and if anyone was listening to me in '60s in the uh, Instant Reaction podcast, we spoke about you know being aggressive in terms of roster management, and Mike could mean a prime candidate to be moved on if you're looking for both a roster spot and some cap space. I'm, I'm even if even if we pay half, like he's he's just not a first grade winger. Nothing he does is first-grade standard. He doesn't ruck the ball out. 12 runs, 109 metres. That's not first-grade standard. When was the last time he scored a try? Like, I understand he was... I know that he was uh, suspended. But even before that, he was on a, a run of about five games without a try. Um, he seems scared of contact in defence now. Um, that was sort of one of the, the things that you could count on Micah for was that but yeah, he's obviously gun he'd, jam out, suspension. he'd jam out correctly and hit him hard, hit the defence hard, or hit the opposition hard, I should say. And also um, a good def- uh, kick defusal. He, was, he also was pretty good at cross-field kicks and everything. Now it's just, he's just nothing. It's This is, this is where, like, there's no um, backbone in, in the front office. Like, you look at all the players that left us, right? It wasn't our decision. It was pretty much we we offered a deal for them and the player left us. I feel as though this team has to have some hard conversation with certain players and say, you are not good enough for this team or you don't bring value. Ta-ta. See you later. But all we're doing, we play it with two gung-shy gung or whatever it is. Like we, we play it safe. We, we try to do bargain hunts with bargain basement signings, whatever, and we don't pull the trigger. And, you know, 40, you know, you said it in your, um, your podcast of 60s, like, there's... We're just too conservative. And it's the same mm. thing with defense. We don't wrestle. We don't do nothing. Like, there's no any slight form of aggression or, like, forward thinking. It's just, let's just play it safe. And we're, playing it safe doesn't get you anywhere in rugby league. It's, uh, like, <laughs> I mean, you touched on some stuff I spoke of, Bertie, and, yeah, in general, it is very difficult to disagree. Um, we, we've been risk-adverse in a lot of ways and then risk-happy in, in some frustrating ways. So... Yeah, I think it requires a rethink from you know in terms of the footy tactics with the wrestling, like you said, uh, right through to how we approach recruitment and retention. Um, but clearly, you know, and the thing is, it's not like you need a complete overhaul because the formula we have on and off the field, playing football and recruiting the players, there's good stuff in there. We consistently unearth you know great players that, or, or decent to, and good players in terms of the great players. Uh, but we also have our problems with recruitment and retention, don't we? It, I mean, you'd be stupid to say otherwise. So, yeah, let's let's close the books on that one, much like have a loss, close the books on our finals hopes and look at the other games that happened in the round. Uh, go over to the NRLW where the Eels travelled to Canberra boys. Uh, went down by six points. Another real spirited fighting effort here. Uh, 28 to 22 to the Canberra Raiders. They were down 18-0, uh, 20 minutes into the game, so almost a point a minute. 
and then gave the Raiders an almighty scare from that point as they rallied with tries to Amelia Murphy, Kimberly Hunt, Abby Church, and the outstanding and, and borderline superstar Cassie Toyohiku, uh, Rachel Pearson going three from four off the tee. No Candy Charrington, no Elsie Albert. Uh, they're missing a couple other players too. Uh, Jade Fanua, who comes back this week in the uh, uh, previous uh, sort of spoiler there. I was very impressed with what I saw there, boys. Like, they did some dumb stuff. They made some silly errors. They spotted Canberra, plenty of opportunities to score points. That's frustrating. You know, that's that's clearly a team that has some stuff to work on in that regard. But they didn't stop battling in this game. And they really had Canberra on the ropes at various points in the second half. Yeah, well, you say no, no Kenny Charrington, no Elsie Albert. Um, I think if you had those two, you, along with Tyler Amiar too, um, Harley Murphy's gone to another level. Yeah, since she looks very good on the edge. Yep. Um, yeah, add those two. I'm, I'm not saying we win, but, geez, we we go a lot closer. And, and, and the addition of Rachel Pearson into this team, like ever since she's uh, joined the team, the losses haven't been by as much, I don't think. No. I'm just going to have a look. Yeah, she's been a great stabilising factor for them. Because so she's she, played the past two, hasn't she? Yeah, so or we, we, we barely went down to the Broncos and then went down to the Canberra Marriages by just six points. So, And then you compare that to earlier in the season where we lost by 28 to the Tigers and, uh, what was that, 26 to the Dragons. Yep. And, well, we were, and the, we new, the, back then. the Newcastle game was also a bit of a sort of, yeah, we ended up losing big, but also Kennedy got sent, uh, sent off for most of the second half. So, um they're fighting. There's, there's no, there's no, no doubt about there's it. No, there's no kicking game back then. So, like, no, look at the first few yeah. games. We'd, we'd run on fifth. Like, so, like, we're pretty much playing under nines football back then or under sixes. So, I feel as though we've got no size. We, we get dominated. We, you look at it across. I'm not, this is not even the forwards. This is even the back line. Like, we have, we look the smaller team each week. We look like juniors out there, you know, or Tasha Gale side, you know. So, like, I just, and, you know, you, you add that, the Kennedy, like, Kennedy's out, Elsie um, Albert, like, just, like, these guys, or sorry, these women, they bring size, aggression, hunger, like, they, um, motivation. I just feel as though we're just too too small it's, for the competition. It's the gender-neutral guys there, Bertie, I understand. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, look, well, when you look at our back line, you got Zali Faye, uh, 22-23, Cassie Toihihiku's only 20, young, she's 20, 20, 21. Uh, Monique Donovan's only young, unsure about Piku, Berryman, Duff. Uh, and then you go to the forward pack, you know, Ruben Charrington's only young. Tyler Amartu's only 20. Uh, Taneka Todd Hunter, who made a debut, is 20. Ruby Jean's 20. So, I, you know, we've got a good, good, some good girls coming up. We've just got to be maybe a little bit smarter in recruitment next year. Maybe go out and get another experienced centre. But then again, you know, Shawnee Stowers, she's been missing from this team. She would she would have been massive in, in this in the centers for us. Uh, I still don't think you can understate how much uh, missing Elsie Albert and mm. um, Kenny yeah. Charrington at the same time is hurting this forward pack because Elsie brings the aggression well, both Elsie and Kennedy bring the aggression and uh, Kennedy certainly brings the the workhorse attitude there. So yeah, I you know the the, the drop off between our best and our worst is we need to bridge that gap. I don't I don't know what benefit we got from releasing Penatani. Like I don't like we didn't get a play in return. Like we didn't get lost the marquee like, slot. Yeah, 
like what did we get like and like you look at it like those first two games when we didn't have you know um, Pearson out there we needed the veteran in the back line to steady the ship you know and she could have just or even on defense like so I don't get once again I understand you know we did the right thing for her because she wanted to release on compassionate grounds because she didn't want to drive you know 50 minutes from the beaches to Western Sydney but there's, there was no benefit for us so that was kind of like we I'm not saying be selfish but surely we, there was no interest of, uh, you know, there's no best interest of the club out there. Especially when, we, yeah. when you see, you know, given that she was occupying one of our marquee player slots and you see someone like Samima Taufa carve us up through the middle and, you know, being such a core part of a team in the two seasons that she played for us. You know, if, if we'd been, again, more ruthless and uh, dealt uh, Panatani at the right time and, and kept Taufa, suddenly the composition of his team changes entirely. So... Yeah, got that one wrong, and you know, obviously that's on the player as well, uh, trying to get out of a contract, and that sucks. But uh, again, lessons learned there. But for the girls, I really like the pluck. I really like the fight. Uh, Church, Faye, Toy, Hiku, Pearson, uh, Ruben, Cherrington, uh, Mahalia, Murphy, uh, even Capri, Pacquiao, Tyler, Amiatu. They're they're all, you know, building nicely. So, and I think to, you know, if if you put Rosie Beckett into this team at six. Between her and Pearson, you got two kicking, two kicking options. Yep. So that that's that'll trouble defenses instantly because they won't know who to rush up on. Whereas now, they know to rush up on Pearson. So you got to put Rosie Beckett in there. She's twenty years old. I think if you know you can really get her, put some experience into her legs, I think she'll be a really good halfback for us. But you know, because that, that's the whole point. This season, you're now building for the future. Like, yeah, you're not making I don't, I'd even look at someone like Lindsay Tui. I mm-hmm. understand she's only 18. She's still got another year of Tasha Gale. But some of those runs that we saw her put in Tasha Gale, she's very strong. She's powerful. Uh, she's not small by any means. So I think she, you know, pop her on that on that uh, right edge. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, you know, Kim Hunt, she's done well. But, you know, she's 31 years old, so she's not going to be here forever. Whereas... Lindsay Tui, she's a Parramatta junior. She can be here for 10 years. Yeah, she can plus. be a cornerstone player, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've got Faye, Lindsay Tui, Cassie Toy Hiku here for 10 years plus each, you're going to have some backline in even in three years' time. Mm-hmm. They're going to be absolute guns. Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm prepared to take this season as an L and even next year. As long as we, you know, we give these young kids experience and we tie them down and not just lose them at their prime or when they're, well, you know, 20, that, 22 that, year That's old. the big one, isn't it, Bertie? It's it's yeah. all well and good to say develop them, give, put them in the NRLW and give them a chance to shine, but you can't be doing that and then letting them walk. So that is exactly. the other part of the yeah. equation. Uh, and 100% there are players I think we can build around. Let's uh, quickly power through the last two results before we turn our eyes to the previews. Uh, New South Wales Cup. And Jersey Flag were the other two games in action on the weekend. Uh, both chalking up wins, actually, taking on the Roosters in both grades. Uh, in the Cup, we saw another injection of Flag talent there, boys. or well, SG Ball talent, Ham, technically. Uh, so there was a, not only SG Ball eligible this year, but some guys that could play next year. So uh, plenty of young players in there, and they all had a big impact with the Eels winning 22-12. to 12. Except uh, for Richard Penasini. Yes, which we'll get to. That was a damn shame. I couldn't even get to my seat in time, Ham. To- no. So, um, I, I, I walked, it was on the ground. I was like, oh, yeah. God, hopefully that's not the rest of the night. Uh, and it was. It was. But I, I can report that while he won't play this week, he was uh, okay. 
at training. Today. He was walking around the jersey flag yeah. the next day. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, but yeah, this game. Yeah, it was it was very much a reserve grade game. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I a mean, lot of a lot of penalties, a lot of uh, knock ons, a lot of fighting, some punch ups. Well, Nathan, Nathan Brown ended up copping a three week suspension out of this one. He yeah. got binned on two separate occasions: one for a high shot on Jonte, I believe, and then the second time for trying to biff on with a. Uh, Jack Murchie, um, I think it was. So, yep. uh, but yeah, Eels prevailing twenty two twelve in this one. Wanga Blake, Hayes Dunster, Mackessie Makatoa, and Jordan Rankin all scoring. Rankin going two from four. Josh Lynn tacking on a field goal while Jordan Rankin spent ten minutes in the bin for a professional foul in impeding a penalty support runner. Goal. Sorry, penalty goal uh, for impeding a support runner. Uh, but yeah, so Freeson bins in this game. Like you said, Ham very much a reserve grade affair. Roosters aren't exactly uh, chopped liver in this grade, but for the Eels, crucially, they got big, uh, big-time contributions out of a lot of their young guys outside of Penasini who had that concussion in the very first minute of play. Uh, but Lynn, uh, a couple of tries this, including a cracker for Wanga Blake. Uh, I thought Matty Arthur was great off the interchange bench, came in, went up-tempo, set up a try for Makatoa. Gaima, Jonte, Sam Tuovati all had nice moments. Sam with some big defensive plays. Gaima with... Uh, tireless defense in the second half and a nice run that set up the Makatoa try. Uh, so, yeah, fantastic contributions from all the young guys there, which is exactly what, what you want to see when you're throwing them up into Reggie's in these sort of situations. Yeah, and I hope, you know, that the club has learnt with the Sanders thing that they did this year where they put him back to SG Ball despite being Jersey Flag eligible and reserve grade potential that they don't put these guys back to SG Ball to win the SG Ball competition. It's not worth it. Play him in New South Wales Cup. The whole point of juniors is not to win junior premierships. It's to make first graders. And the way you make first graders is get these young fellas to play against men. Uh, Matty Arthur's debut, one of the best debuts I've seen for a dummy half in this grade uh, from Parramatta. He brought, you know, his passing's crisp. Every pass he is just rips exactly it off the floor. where it needs to yeah. be. Um, defensively, I thought he was strong. Um, you know, you can definitely tell he's smaller out there, but his tackles are just, he's so strong. He's built like a little nugget. Uh, Hayes Dunster, probably the best game I've seen him play this year. So that, that was the big one for me was Hayes obviously isn't going to be a factor this week in the NRL. He's not being picked, but we saw signs that maybe he can get back to what we saw, what, way back in 2020, was it? 20, yeah. God, it's been so long between uh, 2021. 21. 21, yeah. 21. Uh, so... Yeah, really good signs from Hayes there. Scored the nice try. Had some really good moments in both sides of the ball. Attack and defense. Had an intercept. Uh, some other good plays rucking the ball out. So that was good to see. And yeah. Yeah, um, no, more, no more park footballers, please. Bring up jersey yeah, flag guys. Yeah, and that, that, that's a great point, Ham, is that, that the infrastructure, the framework of this team now needs to be about getting the young guys in there. Uh, so that will be the priority for 2024. Speaking of young guys, though, uh, the Eels needed to win out in order to even be in the frame to make the finals in the Jersey flag. And they met the, uh, I think they're the uh, uncontested minor premiers now uh, in, yeah, the Sydney, in the Sydney Roosters, Sydney Roosters, sorry, uh, in the Harold, Harold Matz Jersey flag. On the weekend, they end up winning 36-20, to 20, tremendous game. Both teams were missing some key players, though. As we mentioned, the Eels had a couple of stars up in the uh, New South Wales Cup. Ditto, the Roosters also missing a few players, but the Eels prevailed, had to have it, and they went out and got it done. 
Lanaz, Martin, Loizu, Davis, Sanders, Komalafi, and another for Sammy Loizu. Rounding out the seven try scorers. Sanders, four from seven off the tee. Uh, Blake, yeah, you can explain this to me, but Blaze Telangi end up got end up getting simbined in probably one of the more comical uh, things you'll ever see in terms of a simbin in the uh, game. Uh, but yeah, Eels got the job done, and unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, Penrith end up choking against the Melbourne Storm, which means that the Eels now need the Raiders to upset Melbourne this week uh, to book their spot with a win against Penrith themselves. The uh, Eels play Penrith after the Storm play Penrith, but yeah, tremendous outing from the team given they're down on troops and taking on the best team in the competition. Yeah. Um, you know, you say they're down on troops, but there's still a lot of talent in this team. So it is what it is. Um, I, You know, the Roosters had some players out. So take what that from what you will, but there's still a, a team coming first. So there's still got a lot of talent, a lot of depth in that team. Uh, Ethan Martin continues to impress me. He seems to move midair, like, the way he moves reminds me of Benji Marshall, uh, early Benji Marshall, just the way he can step, hold his head. Uh, you know, I think we really need to hold on to him. I think he's 21 this year, so he should be going up to Cup next year. I, I just really like the way this team plays. Mm-hmm. The forward pack and no nonsense, take no prisoners. Uh, 8 to 13 just do their job so well. They're so crisp, so clean. Uh, they do it without without giving away, the, you know, not too much disciplinary issues, which a forward pack of this aggression usually does. So that's good to see. Uh, and they played long minutes too. Uh, I think there was only there was only one interchange or maybe possibly two interchanges in the whole first half. So, uh, they, you know, they play big minutes. They're, they're mobile. They're aggressive. I really like it. And then on the back of that, you got Arpa Title, Sam Luizu, Will Latu, Talangi, Ethan Martin, Sanders are all able to play off that. And, you know, that's why they played, they scored 36 points. I think, um, you know, whatever, whatever we've been doing for the past couple of years to, you know, these Jersey flag guys, we need to make sure they go on. And also, you know, this is probably going back to 2018 was probably the last time I saw our Jersey flag team perform this well. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time they made the finals too. Let's stay with the flag as we turn the podcast from review to preview. I don't think there's any real parent news of note, fellas, um, unless you want to count our amusing injury report, which features Mitchell Moses still due back for the final series. Um, being very optimistic there. Maybe there'll be some uh, salary cap point deductions. Uh, but for the Eels, we start with the Jersey flag. They're going out the Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith, 12.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, part of a doubleheader with the New South Wales Cup. Uh, and the team does get some changes this week as Eels load up for those guys that were playing reserve grade last week. At fullback, Upper Tweedle. On the wings, Matty Komalafi and Ethan Martin. Sammy Loizu and Blaze Talunga in the centres. Obviously no Richard Penasini with that concussion. Uh, but Blaze is able to move into the centres because Joshua Lin is back. Lin will partner with Ethan Sanders in the halves in the front row. Very good pairing there of Brock Parker and Tony Matelli. Buds Arthur is in at starting dummy half. Joey Geimer and Max Tupo on the edges. Looks like Jock Brazel either picked up an injury or a suspension ham. I'm not sure if you can relay what happened in the game there. Uh, if you saw either thing that could have uh, pointed towards one of the two. No, I can't. From memory, okay. not for Jock anyway. So, yeah, he's, he's out, which is unfortunate because Jock is a tremendous player. Uh, but Joey Geimer will come in and do a, a wonderful job. Nick Lenars goes back to his preferred role, Locke, although he can play dummy half. Obviously, he will captain the team. 
on the interchange, Saxon Pryke, Noah Reed, Willie Ladu, and Sam Tuovati. Araz Namva is the 18th man. It's a very good team, Ham. They're taking on the Panthers, though, who are a good roster themselves. Uh, they didn't do the job for the Eels last week, so they sort of owe us here. Not that they care, but uh, we need to win. And uh, simultaneously, at the same kickoff time, 12.30 p.m. on Saturday, the Raiders and the Storm will meet down in Melbourne, and we need Canberra to get the upset. So we go into this game not knowing if we control our fate or if there is anything there for us. But at kickoff, or sorry, at full time, both both Melbourne and Parramatta will know there and then if they've made the finals. Well, I think that's a positive. I think they can go out there and play footy, not have to, you know, they just got to go out there and play their best, which I think they will. I just had a count, a quick count, 14 of the 17 guys played junior reps with us. Uh, so that's huge. Uh, stack, absolutely stacked back line. Uh, pretty close to a stacked forward pack when you look at it. I, I hope we can send out... Um, I hope we can send out some of these players' winners. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they move on to higher honours. I think they can get the, get the win. And I'll be, I will be making the trip out to... Uh, What's it called? Methamphetamine Stadium this week? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Blue Ice Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be going out to Methamphetamine uh, Stadium. You know, please don't roll me, tennis supporters. <laughs> um, I will, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of names in this team that regardless of the win or the loss on the weekend, Ham, you sure hope they're turning out in Cup next year, which leads us very nicely into the reserve grade preview. This one, obviously, at the same venue as part of that double header. Sorry, that's my windows. Uh, 2 o'clock p.m. kickoff out of Blue Bet Stadium. Uh, Panthers, who aren't in the finals just yet, they're actually one place out in sixth position uh, heading into the final two rounds. No, the final round of the season, right? Yeah, they finish a week early. Uh, so they're struggling, not struggling, but on the cusp here, and they're, they're battling out with the Blacktown Worker Seagulls, I believe, for that final spot. So the Eels have a real chance to play spoilers here. They line up like this. Artie Miller-Steven at fullback. Hayes Dunster and Wanga Blake on the wings. Jerome Amasia and Zach Sini. Uh, Sini returning from a broken hand into the centres. Brendan Hands has been dropped from first grade. He lines up at 5'8", where he'll partner Jordan Rankin, who I'm going to speak about in a second, boys. Uh, but Makahesi Makatoa and Ophihika Ogden are the bookends. Jaden Yates, the dummy half. Jack Murchie, Dan Keir on the edges. Kai Rodwell, lock forward. And then it's an all-young-guys interchange. Jacob Davis, Jonte Jr., Beth and Mieser, Lachlan Mears-Crab, and Lachlan Blackburn, the two Lockies there, uh, round out Parramatta's rotational options, all flag eligible. So it shows you uh, how loaded that flag team is right now, fellas, that they've got four players on that interchange bench there, plus Artie, the fullback. So five players total, all who could be in uh, selection contention for the uh, must-win game against Penrith. Yeah, I hope we spoil Penrith's campaign. That's all I can say about this game. I'm not expecting it. I look at the I look at that back line. One and two, I like. <laughs> Three to five, not so much. <laughs> um, I, I think our saving grace here is the, the forward pack. They're sort of mostly first graders in, in amongst that, and then obviously the young guys. But I'm not expecting much. Um, yeah, but fingers crossed, because it would be nice to keep Penrith out of the finals, at least in one uh, grade. <laughs> yes, playing playing the spoilers, it's not always a great place to be in, but it can still give you a, a little bit of a vicarious kick 
when you are managed to keep a, a rival out of the finals, and that's got to be the goal this week. Uh, we move on to the New South Wales NRL, New South Wales NRLW. It's the National Rugby League Women's Game, not the New South Wales Rugby League Women's Game. Um, and we go there where the Eels, they're having a home game, ostensibly, uh, at Nostrada Jubilee Stadium, a.k.a. Cogra, where they're hosting the North Queensland Cowboys. Gee, thanks, NRL and NRLW management. Sure, it feels great to have a home game out at Cogra when we're a Western Sydney franchise. But they're taking on one of the expansion franchises in the North Queensland Cowboys. Eels line up with a couple of uh, minor changes this week, uh, given that they've got a player returning from injury in Jade Fenua, uh, while Nikita Davis Welsh also figures as part of the rotation. Uh, so an unchanged back line, which means Church, Fay, Hunt, Toi Hiku, and Donovan 1-5. Pahuka Berryman Duff and Rachel Pearson, who was the captain, are in the halves. In the front row, Talisha O'Neill and Tyler Amiatu, who started at lock last week, but will start at prop. Not that there's much of a difference for her. She's just going to run hard and be a damaging presence through the middle. Ruben Charrington is a dummy half. Amelia Murphy, try scorer on the uh, left Edge him? No. Right edge. I think. Right. Right, yeah. And then uh, Mahalia Murphy on the left uh, with Jade Fanua coming back from a broken hand sustained against the uh, West Tigers in round one. She'll play lock forward. I'm actually interested to see what she can do here. She was thrust into the halves position in round one and obviously didn't suit her very well. Um, but yeah, she'll be a lock forward. And then we have on the interchange... Uh, Capri Paikau Noaria sorry, Kapua, a new recruit, Shannon Muru and Nakia Davis Walsh. So a couple of things to note here with uh, the NRLW. You've got obviously Fanua coming back. You've got uh, Kapua, who is a new recruit, who joins us by way of the Bulldogs hand, part of that all conquering uh, the all conquering uh, close or conquering. Oh, conquering Tasha Gale team. Uh, she's a goal-kicking back row, played New South Wales 19s. So it looks like a pretty handy pickup there. Um, but then the extended bench, you've got Kyra Simon, Ruby Jean, Kennard Ellis, Madeline Jones, Lindsay Tui, and Rosemary Beckett. So some stuff happening there. But yeah, they're taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. Mm. Probably one of the, I mean, I say weaker, weaker franchise teams, expansion team, sorry. But still some names you'll recognise there, especially Kira Dib, their captain and halfback. Um yeah, I, I feel pretty good about this one, boys. Uh, the, the the women have been building really nicely, even with the injuries, even with the setbacks, the suspension. And I think maybe this is the one where they can break their duck. Yeah, their adopted home of Nostrata uh, <laughs> Jubilee. I, I, I don't even want to go into it because I'm just going to start ranting and, and we're, on a, <laughs> we're on a time limit because both the men and the women have just dealt with some absolutely bullshit draws this year. And like yeah. obviously, especially with the men, there's stuff that they needed to do better on the field. Uh, but I, I do not know how the computer is spitting out this stuff at the Eels on both sides. Yeah, um, how do we see this one, boys? Can we get can we get the first win of the season? Does it really in a word? It? Yes. You feeling it, Bertie? You feeling yeah, it? Um. Well, if we don't, Jesus, it's going to be pretty grim because um. Yeah, I just haven't had a look. Like I don't, I'm not the biggest like NRLW fan. Like I don't know many players, so. Look at the Cowboys team. Look, the only name I can think of um, is the dummy half, uh, Mansman. Uh, that name sounds familiar, but other than that, um, I think and, and Dib, sorry, and, and, and Dib, yeah. So, like, maybe there might be an easy kill for us, but in saying that, oh, look, 
if we if we give us the same performance last week, you know, you know, don't get blown out and just fight to the end, I'll be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Now that's pretty grim, come you know, as a fan, you, you know, you want to win every week, but you got to be realistic. So right, try to mean. finish the season off strong, you know, build some combinations, and but yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely some uh, key pieces here we can keep developing. Church, Faye, Toyo Hiku in the back line, getting Pearson to take more and more control of this team. And then in the front row, uh, really, really bullish on Tyler Amiato. I think she might be one out of the box boys. Ruben Charrington and Harley Murphy. Very, and I mentioned to see what Jay Fennell can do. Like I said before, a bit of an unknown quantity for us. Had to play one game out of position. You know, pretty tough on her. Uh, she's coming back into lock forward where I think she's a, more of a specialist. So I can see what she can do there. And yeah, uh, just if they can play the way they have in the last couple of weeks, I'm pretty confident they can... Uh, either be right in the mix for it or maybe even be uh, a bit better than the Cowboys. So can you see what they can do? Sucks that it's a home game that's not really a home game. Uh, but yeah, 11.05 a.m. out at Nostrata Jubilee. Is this one attached to a like a trio of NRLW games or an NRL game? Is that why it's out at Nostrata? Yeah, it'd have to be of some sort. Yeah, which... I don't, I don't, probably not a uh, NRL game because that's pretty early for an NRL game. Yeah, to get into yeah it. well, NRL, there's only one game in... Sydney, and that's at Allianz. That's it, really. So, yeah. So the the Dragons play at one fifteen PM in the NRLW. So it's a double header at double header at Nostrata Jubilee. So hooray! That's so dumb. Yep, so dumb. Um, losing our home field advantage. Meanwhile, Canberra play five games at at Canberra in a season where you know I know it's an odd odd amount of games. So you're going to have to have some teams playing wrong amounts of home and away games, but <sighs> that's how it is. So yeah, that's uh, that's the situation there. I think I'm reasonably confident of a win, boys. Uh, assuming that they play the way they have the last couple of weeks, so keen to see if they can back it up. And that brings us to the final game of the round, which chronologically is the first, kicking off in just what two sleeps. Thursday night football, hooray! We all love our Thursday night football, boys. Uh, Eels taking on the Panthers. This one's out at Points Bet or Blue Bet Stadium, Points Bet's Canberra, uh, Canberra Cronulla. Oh my god! All these betting stadiums. Good lord! I like the name Ham had um, in the preview. What's it called? Stadium. Methamphetamine Stadium. Yeah, it's got a real. It's got a real itch to it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that that can only be one. Um, maybe the Sydney Football Stadium could be Bag Stadium, Cocaine Bag Stadium, <laughs> Baggies, uh, Baggy Stadium. Um, but yeah, speaking of one, there's lots of ones in the ladder positions for these two teams. First v eleven. Uh, Eels, unfortunately, well outside the top eight now. Their season is done. It's all academic. They can't even play spoilers. I suppose technically for the minor premiership, that's the only thing that's at line here for uh, either team. Uh, Penrith, almost unbackable uh, when you talk about betting at a dollar eleven here. So more ones. Uh, Eels rank outsiders, as you'd imagine. Uh, Panthers line up with Edwards, Taruva, Peachy, Crichton, and To'o in the back line. Luai and Cleary in the halves. Leota Cogger at dummy half. Fisher Harris is the other prop. And uh, you got Hosking, Martin, and Yo in the starting back row. Interchange is Luke, Smith, Lenu, and Garner. Uh, Salmon, Summerton, McLean, Jenkins, and Eisenhue on the extended roster. Is it what, a trio of ex Eels or Eels Juniors there in some capacity there, Ham? Salmon obviously not an Eels Junior, but was at the club, but Summerton and Eisenhue were both Eels Juniors that went different paths. Um, for the Eels. They line up as such. They do have a change or two in the team this week. Gufferson is the fullback and captain. Sivo and Russell on the wings. Penasini and Simonson in the centres. 
Dejan Arcee and Dylan Brown will reprise their roles as 5'8 and halfback respectively. Going to need more out of both of them if they're going to be remotely competitive this week. In the front row, it's Reagan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Barlow as the bookends. You've got Joey Lusick as the lone dummy half this week where he spoke about Brendan Hands going back to New South Wales Cup. So plenty of uh, work coming Joey's way. Back row, Ryan Madison comes back to play uh, starting left edge. Bryce Cartwright will be on the right in the same role, but mirrored. Jermaine Hopgood gets to go back from uh, left edge to his preferred position to lock forward as a result. On the interchange, you've got Luca Moretti, Sean Lane, who's come back from that elbow injury just to squeeze out one more game. Not really sure why, uh, but credit to him for turning turning around and playing. Um, but Wiriamu Gregg and Joe Ofengahi round out our rotation forwards. Extended roster, Makatoa, Hands, Blake, Rodwell and Ogden. Ben Cummings has the whistle. Chris Butler's in the box. Uh, 7.50pm kickoff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling real confident about this one, guys. Real confident. You know, we're going to give it to him. Hang on, I, I got someone has to. I got, I got, I got something. I got some of this. Go Discord. Real confident. We're going to get him, boys. There we go. Yeah. Better. Uh, yeah. The, there's no way you can enter this game with any degree of optimism, boys. The reality is that the Panthers have timed their run superbly again. Uh, I would say that they don't look as formidable as the last two years in terms of just how good they are. But there's no doubt that they're Premiership favourites rounding the corner into the finals in a nice head of form, getting all their trips back. Meanwhile, the Eels, well, we spoke about it in the round 25 review. Is it round 25? Yeah. Uh, where, you know, we just keep going downwards. Uh, our trajectory is clearly nosediving at this point, and it coincides very nicely with meeting the presumptive premiership favourites and the team looking for the first three-peat since the 81 to 83 Parramatta Eels. Yeah, look, I, th- I think out of this game... You know, put the shoulder in, uh, maybe throw an ankle lock or a Kimura lock <laughs> well, or something. Yeah, we got we got the uh, Scorpion tackle coming into the game, so... You know, yeah, yeah. I, I prefer it as the Walls of Jericho. Yeah, just commit. Just do the Walls of Jericho, exactly. Yeah, just do something. Like, you can't let them win three in a row. Like, punch them in the face. <laughs> like, just a, a chop block to the back of the calf, something in the throat. You know, this week's video should be watching Ric Flair wrestle, the dirtiest player in the game, just become the dirtiest team in the game and, you know, squirrel grabs so they have to get, you know, go was to it, hospital. And... Was it James Fisher-Harris that did the uh, quite blatant, uh, what's the, the term, what's the hip drop? Was he the one that did the hip drop last week and should have been suspended yeah. but didn't even get sinbinned? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, more power of the Penrith. They're untouchable with the MRC and the judiciary, so... So that's why we just got to injure them. <laughs> uh, Bertie, I, I don't even know what you look for in this game. Like, you know, Ham is obviously memeing about, uh, you know. Trying, <laughs> he is memeing asterisks uh, about what the Eels can do in terms of um, unsavory tactics. But is there anything you want to see in terms of football? Do you want to, like, I think we'll be, we're doing well to keep it under 30 points of differential here. But look. Do you think that there's something to be salvaged from this game? Do we do we go out there and show some pride? Is there can we can we compete even remotely? Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course you can show some pride. You know, we've got the Battle of the West Cup out there. I think we, you know, we we're one nil up in that stakes this year. Look, if I'm Brad Arthur and I and by his record, I think I'm actually a better coach than him. You know, and I'm just quarterback. What are that quarterback arm? What are that's called? Anyway, what I'm saying is, don't worry about the result, lads. If we get flogged fifty nil. So be it. You're a bunch of shit players anyway. All I'm saying is go out there and try and have 
I'm going to set a simple target. Have less than 30 missed tackles or ineffective tackles. Because last week we had, you know, we had the half century raised against us. Just, as Ham said, just drive your shoulder in it. Show some pride out there. Show you that, because like, a lot of them should be playing for contracts. But just show some vigor, you know, some muscle or something. You can get, like, at the end of the day, you know, we can keep up with them for 50 minutes and then get blown out of the park. But just don't go out there arm grabbing and, you know, like passengers out there because this Penrith team will show no mercy. They will put 80 on us. They would want to put 100 on us. They would want to pick you up, drive you back, and smash you. Every run they want to do, they want to run you over. So just don't be a passenger out there because if you don't show some balls or some, you know, muscle, you're going to get thrown around. You're not going to last long. So that's all that's I said. You know, the season's done. I will say this one thing, right? I, I know we have to name, you know, a 22-man team. Why is Wonga Blake there? Why is Rodwell there? Why not just have some youngsters there? Why not the double-double out there, you know? Why not Arthur Miller and Steve? Just get someone out there on game day to, you know, to show them, like, if... To show them, if you work hard this preseason, you could be here playing each week. So I don't know why we're naming bloody castaways on the bench. So, and it's not like as if the Reggies are playing before us. They're playing on a Saturday. So what's stopping them from naming? They're not going to play. I can't have Makatoa 18th man. But like, seriously, you know, Hands doesn't have to be there. Wonga Blake doesn't have to be there. Rodwell doesn't have to be there. Just have some youngsters there. Give them a taste of what to do. Like, you know, if you work hard, you could be here. But once again, you know, if, if Penrith don't put 50 on us, you know, why bother winning the comp? You know, everyone puts 50 on us, so, yeah. My concern out of this one, boys, is we're going to lose. Like, realistically, we're going to lose, and that's whatever. But uh, instead of uh, injury to insult, it's going to be, uh, well, sorry, insult to injury, it's going to be injury to insult. Uh, we need to get out of this game unscathed. If we, it'd be literally the worst way to finish this season would be to sustain a long-term injury to one of our core players, or you know, even not one of our core players, but uh, go into the preseason with a guy out long term, uh, and then you know all that comes with that. So that's my big concern for this one. Uh, somehow we've got to try and escape that. Uh, outside of that, if they if they're even remotely competitive, I will be surprised. Uh, both from just the way the two teams are trending and all the stuff that's happening in the background now for the Eels, you know, all the pressure that's on them, given how much they've uh, squandered this season. Uh, but let's get into predictions on the back of that, the real fun part of the uh, the podcast. Let's start with uh, Birdie. How do you see this one play out, big fella? What's the uh, scoreline? Can the Eels keep it within single digits? He said, you know, sarcastically. Uh, and uh, who scores? Not even first try scorer. Who scores for the Eels? Look, uh, I reckon we're gonna get we'll get flogged. I reckon it'll be like a fifty-six to. 10 score line if we're lucky. Um, so tries for us. I'm going to go, Paul. We've had two players this year play every single game. And I'm going to say Will Penasini will score a try and Hopgood will score a try. So I feel as though them two, they're the only ones that, sh- you know, they show some heart to out there. But um, yeah, it's, look, it's going to be tough. But uh, look, if, if, if Dylan Brown can just show, like, you know, show some, you know, show some, I don't know, like, courage or something, like, show, like, he can lead this team around, because after all, you know, um, just because the season's overdone with him, he, you know, he, he wants to nail that New Zealand halfback spot, so, like, just show, like, you can, you know, this is, like, this is the biggest test you're going to have this year, essentially, so, just show that you belong out there, you know, don't be, don't be outplayed by, like, the likes of, like, you know, Luai and bloody Kogai out there, so, yeah, just stamp your authority, be the best, 
amongst the you know the worst team, you know. So yeah, I think we need Joe Lusick to pass left to right for that to happen. He seemed we all seemed to go left last week. So oh yeah, that that was a frustrating one where you, you switch Dylan to the right and then just play all your traffic down the left and play the left. Yeah, yeah just, fair, like fair enough swapping Dylan to the right because that's where Mitchell Moses plays. So you'd think you know you'd run a lot of plays down there, but for whatever reason we just nah. Ham, you've chimed in at a really good time. Tell me how you see this one playing out, mate, and tell me if you've got a first-time try scorer, an any-time try scorer, or even a try scorer. Well, I'm going the Parramatta special. It'd be it'd be a very Parramatta thing to do to win this game, wouldn't it? Because it would. Because be, you'd go, it's everything's so frustrating, and then when the pressure's off, we we just win. It would be very Parramatta to do. That is why I am going a Parramatta win 19 to Penrith's 18. So is that a repeat of the uh, round four result? Could be. Let me uh, look at our draw quickly. 17-16. No, no, both teams are scoring two yeah. more points. There we go. Uh, I like I like Birdies, Bensini and Hopgood try scorers. I was going to go the same and I was going to add a Dylan Brown. In there too, with a uh, Captain Clint, King King Clint uh, field goal. All right. Well, I like it. I like it. I'm going to go the complete opposite and tip Penrith to win by, God, the length of Flemington, whatever you want to call it. They're going to probably, unfortunately, pump us. So maybe in the vein of uh, 46 to 6, which means our try scorer is... Oh, God. Just get ChatGBT to, you know... No. What, like ChatGBT hates doing recent sports. It always tells me that its database is like... It goes back to 2021. Um, let's go with uh, Hoppy against his former club in Parramatta's lone try scorer. Yeah, boys, it sucks to sign off on the regular season. I know there's still going to be more podcasts to come with a, a review of what happens this week and then obviously the NRLW, but... It sucks to sign off on so many grades the way we are right now this week. Uh, but we do hold out hope that the flag can get both results uh, in their own game and then in the Canberra and Melbourne game down in Melbourne. Uh, outside of that, hopefully the Eels can play spoilers in a few grades and uh, find a bit of rhythm and the NRLW girls can bank their first win of the season. Uh, anything you guys want to say before we sign off? No. No, there we go. That's, that's where the energy levels are at. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Hopefully Hamish has a fantastic cruise and comes back to some uh, good news. We might have some news to talk about in the next podcast, though. There's a bit of a chatter from 360, it looks like, this week that we'll have to wait and see if it develops into anything else. But Look, I'll just, I'll just, this is what I'll end on. I'd love Papali'i back. We don't need any more forwards. We've got too many forwards as it is. Sign some backs, please. Yeah, that, that, please. The roster balance is uh, completely whack right now, and... Uh, we could definitely use a, a few quality backs in the, the top 30. That's all I'm going to say. Bertie, Ham, thank you for joining me in uh, a very morose podcast. You did a good job, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Catches. Go, Parrot. Right. Laters.